Hello, friends. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. I hope that you are coming with a heart that is ready to be encouraged and also ready to be challenged today. We are going to be talking about health and fitness and our bodies in a way that I think is going to shift your thinking a bit. And I'm really glad that you can be here for this conversation. I have with me today a very dear friend and mentor from my life from the last about 12 years. She has been speaking into me and helping shape my biblical worldview. And I'm so glad that I can bring her here to you to help do the same for you today. So my friend Cindy Zydema is here. She has four children who are grown. They are 30, 29, 27, and 25. And she has been married for 34 years. And she is the perfect person to share on this topic because it is her story, essentially. We're going back to her story of how the Lord led her on a path to an understanding of Him in a beautiful way that impacts the way that she lives today. And I'm so glad that she can be here and share with us today. I'm glad you can join us. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Cindy, thank you so much for being here with us for this. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Well, this is going to be a great conversation. And essentially, it starts off with your story. So let's start there. Start us at the beginning of your story and just health and fitness journey that God has led you through. Okay. So I grew up during my elementary days, always playing outside. That was my era. I was riding my bike. In the summer, I was had swimming lessons. We went to Lake Tahoe every year. I was in the water constantly. And I played Bobby Sox softball for those, you know, <laughs> who can really remember that that era of playing Bobby Sox softball. It was so fun. I I was really good. I was played third base because I could actually throw the ball all the way to first base. So <laughs> I was active. I was busy. Um, but I also was what I considered, and I think others around me considered to be a little bit chubby. Mm. I was a little bit on the chubby side. My friends, they they didn't have this problem. They were mm-hmm. all these long-legged beauties, you know, mm-hmm. that could eat whatever they wanted to eat. They never had an issue with weight. And here I was, active, running around, doing all yes. these things, and I was the one who kind of really struggled with yeah. my weight. And people considered me chubby, and they kind of let me know mm. as well. That's interesting. I actually can totally relate to that, that I also, if I go back and look at pictures of me mm. growing up, that I did not fit the skinny mold of that look. Mm-hmm. And and it was hard. And I was also super active. I played soccer. I played softball. Mm-hmm. Um, and very, very active growing up. It's not like I lived a sedentary lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of similarly the shape that I had. And it was hard for me. Was it hard for you? It was really hard. Yeah, I couldn't wear the same kind of clothes that my <gasps> friends Swimsuits. wore. Swimsuits. It was embarrassing. Yeah, it was just very, very different. Yeah, so yeah. then how did that look... F- how did that look for you, like going into middle school ages when you yeah. got all the body stuff going on already? Yeah. So, so junior high is when I would say my journey with health and fitness really began. Mm-hmm. But I would say that it was not necessarily in a healthy way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't, I didn't really make good choices. I didn't know what I was doing really. And so my choices, well, and what health, junior higher does, right? What junior <laughs> higher does. So my, my choices that I was making that really eventually led kind of to the slippery slope of idolatry mm-hmm. that I would say, I really eventually, as I grew older and in my young adult years, that I really just, I fell down, I crashed and burned. I mean, fitness, health, it all became my idol. So and I can also, I think in my life somewhat empathize with that as well but mine wasn't more towards closer to college age mm-hmm. and I it was strange for me what happened in my body I quit sports like midway through high school because I was involved in other things so you know you can only do so many things and I chose the other things and my body slowly started to change and maybe it was just growing more into being a young adult I don't know but changing and letting go of some of that extra weight and I all of a sudden started feeling pretty nice about it mm. and realizing like, oh, maybe I'm going to be able to look more like those other friends or wear the things that they were wearing. It was back when everyone was wearing, you know, crop tops all the time. Mm. And I would never have been caught dead or even wanted to. I would have not wanted to be carrying myself in an immodest way, but feeling good about the way that I looked. Yeah. So I went into college in that way. And I had heard so many people talk about, you know, you gain weight your first year of college, your freshman 15. Oh yeah. So I was terrified of that and I would agree that I think for me what I was eating and how I was exercising became I would say an idol Mm -hmm. in my life as well during that that season of early college years yeah so let's talk about idolatry how would you explain why it was idolatry and not just being healthy yeah okay so let's we really need to have some working definitions and really what is idolatry yeah. I love that question so I'm going to give some some working definitions here so idolatry can be excessive devotion to or reverence for mm. a person or a thing that we really make into a god mm. um, it can be an image a representation or a symbol of a god used as an instrument or object of worship so all of a sudden this thing is like we're, we're worshiping that but really what I want to kind of camp on more for my journey, it's really a false notion or idea that causes errors in thinking or reasoning. Mm. It's this idea. So an idol can be anything, even a mindset that stands between us and God or something that we substitute for God. And I'm going to give some examples in just a minute. But really, in summary, we could say that idolatry is the worship of something created Mm. rather than the creator God himself. Yes. It's putting that created thing higher than God and, and more important than God and worshiped instead of God. Mm-hmm. It's anything, person, yeah. a thing, an idea. It's just placed higher than God and it becomes an idol. Well, this is a lot harder though, because I really would like you to sit down and say, here are the five ways to be, have a healthy mindset or five ways to have a you know, correct thinking about your body. But instead, because it's a heart issue, mm-hmm. that our right thinking is going to lead to our right behavior, we have to question our thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be different for every person. Yes, absolutely. So I think that's going to cause a little bit of ne- necessary like, reflection and consideration of where our own minds are. Yeah, absolutely. Which yeah. is harder to do. Yeah, I want to give a kind of a some just examples so Great. that people can understand. Well, okay, so you talked about idolatry. It's things, places, ideas. Like, but what is that? Like, sometimes we just need to know what are some of these examples. Yeah, yeah. So let me just give you a few examples. Um, and this was really taken from recently. I was reading an article, so kind of getting these ideas mm-hmm. here and then adding in my own. But think about things that impress us mm-hmm. and take our breath away. Like people worship nature, sun, moon, stars, mm-hmm. the oceans, the mountains, the rivers, the oceans, the animals. Just think about the Olympics we just went through. 
we're worshiping things that impress us mm-hmm. with the Olympians or stars or actors. So that can become idolatrous, anything that impresses us. A second mm-hmm. thing is things that scare us. Mm-hmm. I mean, haven't you ever been in a storm and it's so terrifying that you actually begin to like idolize that, that it's so powerful. And so things that scare us, the wind, the volcanoes, the fires. I mean, we could say that about this last year. How many of us have had different places of fear during all of this COVID stuff? Yeah. We could place, that could be placed in an idolatrous place Mm -hmm. because we're thinking about it more than God and placing it above him Mm -hmm. if we're not giving him rule over that. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Other things that we can become idolatrous to us are things that we really essentially need. Mm. (laughs) Like air, water, food, sex, purpose. Mm -hmm. Like those things in our life that we would say, yeah, I need that in my life. Well, and I've even seen that. I think about right now with jobs, even trusting the Lord with our careers and how we're not putting our perceived control. If nothing, I think this last year and a half, two years, whatever it's been now, I think in some ways, God stripping away this thought that we thought we had control over mm-hmm. these areas of our life, yeah. of our needs. Yeah. We thought we could take care of our own needs. Mm-hmm. Realizing it's not all in your control has really caused me to put it back in the hands of God where I think it belonged in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of goes into the final category, really are the things that are prevalent in our society today. What mm. do we idolize? Material things. All of our possessions. All of our wealth. Mm-hmm. We idolize power. We idolize pride. And I would say that ultimately we idolize ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we idolize our own thinking, our own truths. Haven't you heard that? It's like my truth. Right. Like that is out there. We idolize um, ourselves. We worship ourselves. We elevate ourselves above God as more important than God, mm-hmm. as, um, as just we are going to worship ourselves. And so the end result is we replace really God's truth with our truth, because we have made our truth the most important thing, what mm-hmm. we're going to elevate. And so really our ultimate, we become our ultimate idol. We are, mm-hmm. we are just, we're our own idol. Yeah. I mean, it really comes down to that. We are our own idol. Mm-hmm. So as a Christian mom, I don't want to be my own idol <laughs> and I don't mean to become this. And that's why when I was reading through this outline, it was so challenging because I think I don't want that. I want to seek first the kingdom of God and his mm-hmm. righteousness. I want to love the Lord first with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want to put him first in my home and with my family and in the way I interact with people. Mm-hmm. But as I actually sit with these thoughts a little bit, mm-hmm. I know that there are places that I do place myself as an idol. Mm-hmm. So why do I do that, yeah. do you think? Yeah, well, that's super important question to answer. And it all goes back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis. Mm. We have to go back to the very, very beginning when God created everything and it was just so perfect. It was just beautiful. And in the garden, there was only one thing that was off limits mm-hmm. to Adam and Eve. And if we know the story, yeah. what is it? That the tree of yes. knowledge of good and evil. I mean, that was the one thing that was off limits. So, and then God gave his word. He gave his truth and said, you know, if they eat of that one particular tree, they would die. Mm-hmm. So it was like, just stay away from that tree because here's my truth. Here's God's word. Here's his truth. You eat of that tree 
and you're going to die. And so Adam and Eve, they, they did not eat of that tree. I mean, mm-hmm. they obeyed God's word and, and they trusted his word. His, his truth was the most important mm-hmm. thing to them. Like, and life they was believed good. it. Life was good. Yeah. They believed God's word. It was, God's word was elevated as more important than mm-hmm. anything else. And idolatry of that forbidden, scary tree was not an issue for them because God was their object mm-hmm. of worship. And like you said, everything was perfect. Yeah. It was beautiful. But one day, we know the story that Satan came creeping up to Eve, Mm -hmm. just slithering up to her, and he posed this question to her. And the question was, did God really say? Mm -hmm. Did God really say? And and then he actually twisted the words of God. I won't go into that. But the first four words, did God really say? And that just led to all sorts of false thinking, wrong ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and the conclusion from that question of God, did God really say, their thoughts were, oh, I guess God's word can't, cannot be trusted. Mm-hmm. And oh, God, God's holding out on me. Mm-hmm. He's not telling me everything. He's not, he's not giving me everything. Mm-hmm. So that leads to this lust and lust is a definition, it's just a desire to satisfy the senses. Mm-hmm. That leads then to idolatry. So that is satisfying the senses was elevated as more important than obeying God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that leads finally to the conclusion, huh, I am my own God. Right. Because did God really say leads all the way to the conclusion, hmm, I guess not. And so I become my own God. Yeah. So that one question, the end result of did God really say is that Adam and Eve they worshiped themselves. They became their own idols and they became their own God. Yeah. So yeah. essentially this questioning then, you would say led to false thinking. Mm-hmm. And the way that we think is going to impact the way that we act mm-hmm. and impact the way that we trust. Absolutely. And again, kind of going back to these last couple of years of life, so many of the things that we thought our security were in have been changed and shifted Mm -hmm. that it caused me to go back to where I think I should have been in the first place Mm -hmm. of saying, I'm going to trust the Lord. God did really say he's going to take care of me and he has proven faithful and God has been my friend. He's been close Mm -hmm. by my side, even when during seasons when other people weren't or couldn't have been for whatever reason. And when it felt like things were upside down, God was still just as present and just as firm of a foundation. So it caused my thinking, I think, to rest more in truth, which is crazy because it's during these unsettling times. Mm, yeah. But with that said, why do you think those false thinking is really the foundational problem there? Because that false thinking, like you just said, leads to our false belief that we can be our own God. Mm. I mean, with that famous fall mm. into idolatry, we all who follow them, we are born as idolaters. Okay, so let's and, talk about what those thoughts are. What yeah. are some of those false ideas and thoughts? Yeah. So some of those false ideas and thoughts were the things that, like, God's word can't be trusted. Mm. Like we just said. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's holding out on me. He's not telling me everything. And so that's false thinking. And that just leads into, wait, but I want that now. Uh, that, uh, my eyes now see that and it becomes lust. And mm-hmm. it becomes idolatrous because I want to satisfy that in me. And then become my own God. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So with that 
famous fall, I would say, into idolatry. And like we just said, we're, we are now born as idolaters. We come out really from the womb. We're kicking and screaming uh-huh. and we are demanding. Yes. Our, I mean, look at the babies. They're coming out, crying and screaming, like, take care well, of me. And like, I think if anyone's ever been around, you know, a two-year-old or a three-year-old, yeah. that sin nature, you don't have to teach a child. Mm, not hey, at all. Yeah. Here's how, here's how we're going to be sinful. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's in our beings. Okay, so let's let's bring all of these thoughts. We've talked about idolatry now. Mm-hmm. Let's bring it back into the health and fitness journey and how that how that wrong thinking tied in with your health and fitness. Right. Okay, so let's re- let me remember what I said earlier. I was active, but I was chubby. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I was growing up, I was doing all sorts of things, but I was really struggling um, with my body image and I was aware of that. And then when I hit junior high, is when I really um, realized, oh, this is important to me. I don't like this. That's, it was at that age mm-hmm. of becoming self-aware of my body and my image, and I wanted to look good like everybody else, and that becomes another idolatrous thing because I wanted to please other people, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's not right either. So I would say that's really when the journey with this health and fitness began was when I hit junior high, um, mm-hmm. but it quickly, uh, over the course of my life, it became idolatrous. So then what did you do to change that? Well, what I started doing in junior high as I was realizing, oh, don't like how I look, because mm-hmm. I really started doing a couple things simultaneously. I began running and I began severely limiting my calorie intake. Mm. Like in an unhealthy Like in an unhealthy way. way. I mean, I had no idea what anorexia was in 1977. Mm. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'd never heard that word, but I was doing really what was um, very similar to those to that. I was, mm. I lost weight. I ran all the time. I became obsessed with my weight. I was weighing mm. myself, you know, like you would want to weigh mm. yourself all of the time. And that was a problem that really continued into my young adult years. Mm. But I'm glad to say now, I mean, I rarely weigh myself now. So, yeah. <laughs> so we've gotten yes. past that part. Yes. So that part's good. Um, but my lack really of eating, it became public. Um, in the spring of seventh grade when I was in mm-hmm. junior high because we were watching a science film movie in class and I, I fainted right out of my chair. Oh my goodness. And I just woke up and, and everybody, the teacher, all the students, mm. everybody was just looking over me. Mm. I just, it was, it was crazy. It was, um, I just, I wasn't eating enough. I didn't know it. I, but what I was eating wasn't necessarily healthy though mm-hmm. either. You know, I was eating, but it was a child. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, I can empathize with that too. When I was, I remember when I was trying to watch differently being, when I was more, I would say, I would say that I put my body as an idol, mm-hmm. not as a temple, not as a place to be serving the Lord mm-hmm. well, yeah. but as a place to be serving my appearance mm-hmm. or serving how people would be perceiving me. And I remember thinking, okay, so if this, this is what I can eat, mm-hmm. well, what if I eat half of that, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily even, even nutritious either, yeah. just because it was like, what I mean, what do you have available when you're in college? Yeah. They're like excellent decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> or maybe I just wasn't making the most excellent decisions. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and I remember it, it was, it definitely was on the forefront of my mind and not not a healthy place to be. Yeah. So in in your life, what all was going on with your family? Yeah. During all of this, because you were still at home. Yeah, I was still at home. My siblings are older; they're kind of moving on. Um, my dad got a new job. I was in eighth grade, going into eighth grade, and so we moved about two hours away from where I'd grown up. And this was the first time that I'd ever moved. And I would say that the stress of moving to that mm-hmm. new school and trying to make new friends, um, and I was just making some really poor decisions with my own life. Um, it just caused me to turn to food and choose food for my comforts. Mm. And so what happened is that 
really a year later, I'd kind of gained back the weight that I had lost Mm -hmm. when I wasn't eating. And I was being back to being kind of a little bit chubby. And, and I, again, I didn't like myself for it. I hated that. So then what did you do? Yeah. So (laughs) I did what I knew, right? (laughs) Worked the first time. It worked first time. I started running again. I started um, restricting my calorie intake and that cycle just really just kind of Went back and forth throughout my high school days, my young college days, my young um, adult days. During college, uh, high school, I, I was running cross country. I was running track. I was playing basketball. I, but during that time, I was still continuing to struggle to balance you know, weight and health and nutrition and just have that be a, a healthy mm-hmm. thing. I was simultaneously trying to learn, how, how do I make this right? Mm-hmm. But it was just that roller coaster ride for a long, long time. And it is, there's a tension, I think, when you have a heart for the Lord. Yeah. And you know, the Lord made me. He made my body. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. My body is a temple. Also, I really want to, I want to look good. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, be able to, you know, feel the way, feel the way that it seems like other people feel. Yeah. I want for people to look at me and feel good yeah. about what they see. I want for them to be impressed mm-hmm. by what they see. It's a really hard place to find where is a healthy, where is the healthy balance. It is. And so moving, for you, moving into adult life. Mm -hmm. So you tried to figure out what does it look like to be healthy? What does healthy eating, healthy exercise look like? How did that framework that you created move into your adult life with you? Yeah. So I'm in the process, yes, of learning what does it look like to to be healthy, to have fitness fit mm-hmm. into my life, to also eat correctly. I would say in college, yeah, we talked earlier off camera about the the freshman 15, yeah, yeah. you know, that fear and that absolutely happened. Yes. <laughs> and so just, again, learning how to balance that, how to eat healthy foods. For me, I needed to learn that um, I, I can't become super hungry. Mm. I need to really make sure I'm eating my meals and my snacks all throughout the day, mm-hmm. smaller portions, but continuing to, to eat throughout the day so that my metabolism is just working correctly. Don't skip those meals or snacks. I learned really kind of foods not to eat. Um, just kind of my plug for not eating, you know, processed foods, Yes, the chips, the cookies, sodas, even diet soda. It's terrible for your body, mm-hmm. messes up with your metabolism. Um, I, I would, uh, nothing with high fructose corn syrup. I mean, we got to read these right. labels and not have my that kids, Oh my goodness, my poor children. <laughs> so I've made that a big deal that when we get things, so we'll read the labels yeah. to make sure that there's no high fructose corn syrup and things when we buy them. And one day we were looking for popsicles and one of my kids, um, I was reading the label and she said, does it have the poison in it? And I said, I'm so sorry. It does have the poison in it. We can't get this one. But I thought that's so funny that they viewed it as that. But that's important. I think for us out loud to be teaching our children too. This is why we don't eat these things. Right. Because they're not going to be good for you. And they're not going to serve your body well. And you can't live the life you want to live if your body isn't functioning well. Yeah. I mean, even eating less calorie amount with that um, will still cause your body to not be healthy or to Mm -hmm. still gain weight because you're not eating the proper kind of calories. We're not filling it with the nutrition that it needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So what happened for me is that um, I then learned to love to run because it was no longer part of this vicious cycle that I was Mm -hmm. in. Um, I I just ran because I loved it. I loved Mm -hmm. to exercise. And remember, my whole life, I was active as a kid. And exercise is good because, like you said, we're taking care of our bodies and we're Mm -hmm. supposed to as as God's temple. So um, 
that's kind of where I was. So, so do you want me to go kind of into like my young adult married years? Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. What was happening or there? Early, even early mom life. Yeah, yeah. What it felt like. So, what was becoming uh, unbeknownst to me, health and fitness were becoming my idols. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it, but they were becoming my idols. And so it's even, a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. A good thing in the wrong place. I mean, I was exercising. I didn't want to miss any days. I arranged my schedule to make sure I could exercise every day, do something. I mean, it was becoming the most important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. And so here's what really happened for me um, to realize it was an idol. For a long time, I was invited to this great Bible study, which you know about, yes, Bible yes. study fellowship, and by one of my friends. And one of the reasons, just one of the reasons I said no to going is because, well, I don't want to give up a morning, you know, mm. to of my exercise to go to Bible study. I mean, I exercise when my kids are at school. So if I give that up, you know, what am I supposed to do that? So, but here's what God was doing. God, at this point, he's beginning to show me that exercise really had become my idol. Mm. And so I finally, I stepped out in faith. I said yes to Bible study and I started attending. Um, and I thought, okay, one day a week, that's okay. I can give up one day a week. But you know, God had a lot of work to do in me to smash that idol of exercise in my life. And so eventually I was asked to become a leader in this Bible study. So what do I say for a long time? No, I can't do that because at this Bible study, you have to go two mornings a week to serve. You go for a leader meeting and then you go on class day. I'm like, how, how am I supposed to do that? I mean, what's going to become of me? I'm just going to become, become that, of me. Yeah, I'm going to become that chubby little kid again. Mm, you know, there yes. was a fear there of that happening because I'm giving up these days. Um, so again, I can see God, he's still doing work in me. He still has to smash these idols. Mm-hmm. And I really think God has a sense of humor. Yes. And so eventually, I mean, after this is after a long period of time, um, I was asked to be the head of this, of this ministry, of this Bible study. Well, and that's how I got to know you was through <laughs> your, was through you leading and teaching this ministry. And then I got to be part of it for those so many years. And it was so impactful on my life and it shaped, like I said, so much of my my view and my reading of scripture and all of that by your your obedience so i'm so thankful mm. that you were obedient mm. and had an open heart for to allow god to work in that way in you yeah yeah but he was really asking me some tough questions during mm. that time as i was considering that um he was really asking me things like you know what's more important to you cindy is it me or you and what are you elevating? Is it me or you? What are you worshiping? Is it me or you? And, and really, whose truth is the truth? Is it, is it my truth, Cindy, or is it your truth, Cindy? And those are really deep mm. questions that I had to examine in my heart and in my life. What's more important to me? Serving the Lord and figuring out how I'll figure out the exercising later, like yeah. fit that into my yeah. life, or is uh, uh, the idolatrous exercise, is that mm. more important to me? So, so how those, did you how did you work through those questions? Yeah, well, I realized in that moment I I'd just fallen. Mm. I'd fallen down that slope. I was in the pit of idolatry. I'd just slidden all the way down. Um, and so I, I said, as I worked through that, I said yes to God, yes to this position, not for just that reason of Him working that out of my life, idolatry, but for other reasons as well. But God really helped me just make a new schedule. He mm-hmm. helped me to adjust my life, to balance this, the physical and the spiritual health. Um, but it really took a lot of work on my part because I had to smash that idol of self mm-hmm. and focus on the Lord and what he has called me to do. And that's the most important thing. And ultimately, I just had to reset my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just supposed to be transformed in our minds. Yes. You know, our yes. thinking has to change because my idol was this false notion, that idea that that exercise was more important than God. And that had to just be smashed. So the Lord really mm-hmm. just helped me through that. And um, seeing that exercise had manifested itself as an idol, 
And we have to recognize that we all have idols that are just mm-hmm. manifesting themselves in different ways. That's what I was thinking about. So if there's a mom who's listening and she knows, okay, for me it's not health and fitness, mm-hmm. but it's um, it's shopping mm-hmm. or it's um, having a certain appearance or yeah. it's whatever it is that's her idol. What final words of encouragement would you give to her if she's realizing that there's an idolatry area in my life that I, I want to work past? Yeah. Well, you have to transform your mind, have to focus on scripture. For me, I have to tell myself when I recognize it, stop. Mm-hmm. No idolatry, Cindy. You just have to stop this. Like but walk re- away. Walk away. Yeah. yeah. But some really just kind of final thoughts too, um, that there are really good reasons to identify and reject idols mm-hmm. is because first of all, idols diminish the worship we should give to the one true God. Mm. Idol worship dehumanizes us because we become what we worship. And I realized that's what had happened to me. I was becoming what I worshiped. And then really worshiping and serving idols is always, it's disappointing. Because we, Mm -hmm. uh, there's this phrase that says, it seems we never learn that false gods never fail to fail. Mm. We never learn that. We never learn that false gods never fail to fail. Worshiping anything other than God is just going to leave us empty and frustrated and more fearful, which is exactly what happened to me in my life. I I could not get enough exercise. Like I needed more. Mm-hmm. I was always frustrated when I couldn't exercise and I was I was fearful mm-hmm. when I could not exercise. So having to we have to recognize those what the idols are and then we have to have our minds transformed. Cindy, thank you so much. This is so encouraging and just give me so much to think about. I'm going to have to just sit with some of these thoughts later. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. This conversation leads me to a place of needing to be still with my thoughts and with the Lord. And I think about that passage that says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want to know? The Lord does know our hearts. It's so encouraging to me to know that God already knows what my idols are. So it's not like me bringing them to him as a surprise to him. It's like when our child does something wrong and we already know what it is and then they come and they confess and we know and by them bringing it, we can be in right relationship with them and we can forgive them and they can move forward. I think about the lightness of spirit that we see in a child who has been able to make something right that was wrong. And if there is an area as you have been listening to this that you think that is it, That area is that idol. First, I want to just encourage you. We were all made with a sin nature, and we're all going to have things that we fall back to and that we are prone. I think about also prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Isn't that so true in our lives? Even as we're seeking the Lord, we are prone to wander. And if you have wandered back away into an area that you need to take control of, I would encourage you to bring it to the Lord with open hands, with the faith that your child, in the same way your child would bring an area to you and you would trust and see that they they trust you with that and that you can forgive them and you can move forward in right relationship. God wants the same from us. So I want to pray over us as we wrap things up today and um, pray a blessing over you and pray for you as the Lord leads you into... um, hopefully into some new ways with him and some different thinking as he heals some of these areas that maybe we've allowed to go down some different paths. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for this conversation and thank you for the hope that we have in you, that you are not a God who says, oh, I'm sorry, you've wandered too far. I'm sorry this idol has taken too much of your life 
I'm done now. It's too much for me. That nothing is too much for you. We cannot go too far. I think about that passage that says the old has gone, the new has come. He's a new creation, Lord. I pray you make new creations out of us in the areas of our lives that we have begun patterns of wrong thinking, where we have placed ourselves as idols or other areas of our lives as idols, even things that are good, Lord. We want to serve you. We want to live as the moms that you created us to be. And Lord, I ask with open hands that you reveal to us the areas that we need to give back to you to get back in right relationship and right thinking with you. Thank you, Lord, that you are always willing, always willing and ready to hear from us. In your name we pray. Amen. I'll see you next week. I'm so glad you could join us today. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends.